Hi, this is Jen Pollock-McNally, Smith College Class of 1994, and the host of Conversations with Seven Sisters. I'm excited for you to join us today. Wait, you're not the host today. Jen, I have to stop you. You are not the host today. I am. I'm Monserrat Coughlin Kim, also Smith Class of 1994, and I'm asking you the questions today. Wait a minute. How did this happen? I don't know. (laughs) Um, But no, I am actually going to ask you questions because I want to know, and I know that other alums want to know, how did you start this incredible organization of the Seven Sister Alums? I want to know a little bit more about your background and what led you to doing this. And um, of course, get to ask you those like fast questions at the end, because I don't know your favorite meal from Smith, even though I lived across the hall from you. Conversations with Seven Sisters is a storytelling project exploring the experiences and impact of studying at all women's colleges. I'm Jen Pollock McNally, Smith College Class of 1994 and the founder of the Seven Sisters Alum Association. Join us as we celebrate our alums and their successes. Hi, I'm Montserrat Coughlin Kim. I'm Smith College Class of 1994, and I'm really excited to be subbing in or uh, taking the hot seat from Jen McNally as I get to actually interview her about her work with the Seven Sisters Alumni Association. So Jen, I'm like super duper excited to be here. And I'm so excited to, one, that you entrusted me with your podcast and that you're going to let me ask you the questions. But two, I think what you've made is really incredible. And it's just such a really, so it's so smart to me. And it's such an incredible add-on to every Seven Sisters, you know, existing platforms that they have from the colleges. Um, And so I want to talk to you about that. But before that, I thought like, maybe we should just back up a little bit and talk about what you did after, you know, that wonderful day in May. I think it was like May 18th, 17th, 1994. Where did you go after you graduated? And what was your path been like since then? Well, Monty, first of all, thank you so much for taking the, the chair. I sort of feel like when you watch uh, one of those late night TV shows, right? Yes. Um, now, now I'm in the hot, I'm in the interview E hot seat, right? Thank you so much. And I think it's fun that Monty and I were classmates at Smith, and we lived next door to each other our senior year. And you mentioned what did I do after that day? So we had a diploma circle. Yep. And if you don't know about it uh, at Smith, you get a diploma upon crossing the stage, and it does not have your name on it. So it's astonishing. After four years, you get up there and you get somebody else's diploma, right? So you, everybody goes to the diploma circle, the 600 people in our class, and you pass around these diplomas. And it, it's super exciting. You always hear about it. And it was very anticlimactic. I got my diploma probably the third case that came by uh-huh. was my name. So other people were there wondering if they're actually going to get it. I got it and was out of there so fast. It was really sort of anticlimactic. But after that, I, I, so I went home. I grew up in Miami, Florida. Mm-hmm. And um, for me, going to Smith was really super unusual. I went to a huge public high school in Miami, 800 kids in my graduating class. I sat next to two people at our graduation ceremony that I had never seen before. I'd never seen them. I didn't know their names, and I've never seen them again. So totally different than being at Smith, where there were 600 people in our class, mm-hmm. and we were there for four years together. You know, going to this huge public high school was such a such a opposite experience than, than my time at Smith. So my time oh, after Smith, so we graduate in May and every sort of goes our own way. I went back to Miami and you probably know uh, I was on the tennis team at Smith for most of my time there. I went back home in May and started teaching tennis. Did you? I didn't have a job. 
Yes, I, I thought those. you moved straight to New York because I know some. You know, I've got bits. I have some insight into your life. Um, right. I did not know that you went back to Miami and you started teaching tennis. Mm-hmm. So I didn't have a job lined up. I interviewed on campus a little bit. Mm-hmm. I remember going to like Marshalls, buy my first suit at the uh, Holyoke Mall, wherever it was. Yes, and uh, had a bunch of interviews. Nothing really panned out. I went home and taught tennis. At that point, my parents were like, oh, it's great. Four years at Smith, and now you're a tennis instructor. I said, yeah. And uh, I was, you know, and everybody else we knew was really from who lived in our hallways, you know, or from New England. Yeah. They were from New York or New Jersey, from the city. And I was trying to get myself back up there. And there was no internet. There was no email. No. You, you picked up the phone, and you called people about jobs, mm-hmm. or you faxed them, yeah. or you wrote letters and mailed them. And you mailed them. So, um, I forget who, but someone in your podcast was talking about how they found their job in the New York Times. And I was like, I remember looking through the want ads in the New York Times. So, And you'd circle them and you make a phone call. Yeah. So I taught tennis for a few weeks. It was about 100 degrees. and I was making about $2 an hour. And I managed to land a series of interviews in New York City. I had eight interviews, I think, over the course of four days. It was a crazy schedule. I flew up to New York, stayed at a hotel in Midtown by myself. And went on all these crazy interviews. Took the subway for the first time. And it was New York City in the summer. And the best part that I remember the interviews is that I went downtown. Had to be this trip. or One of the trips when I was interviewing, though. They had a parade for some sports team that won something. But the subway stopped put me out right in the middle of, like, where the parade was going to be. It was, like, the craziest thing for somebody who didn't know New York at all. So I interviewed at a bunch of different law firms. I decided – when I was at Smith, I was a government major – and I worked in the state attorney's office for three summers in the major crimes unit here in, in, in Miami. And we worked on all sorts of cases were horrible, major crimes in Miami in the 1980s, right? All the crime, you know, really notable, was always in the news. Drug deals gone bad, people getting shot in cars, all sorts of things. And I knew I wanted to go to law school, or I thought I did. So I was a government major at Smith, spent all this time in the prosecutor's office, crime scene photos, all sorts of things. For somebody who passed out getting their ears pierced, I could look at crime scene photos all day, sure. which was astonishing. Um, you know, home invasion, robbery, setups, lies. We took sworn testimony that I was there for. You know, we went to the jail. I've been to the uh, Dade County uh, Department of Corrections facility attached to the courthouse mm-hmm. and, and seen what the inside of, of, of jails are like. Not recommended. Did writing samples during some of these interviews, all sorts of things. I got two job offers, one from Simpson Thatcher, yeah. a big law firm in New York, and one from Skadden Arps. Mm-hmm. And I chose Simpson Thatcher to be a paralegal, going to work there a few years and go to law school. And I worked there for the first three months mm-hmm. and moved here, moved to New York, did the whole New York find an apartment thing, roommate thing. And as a piece of advice, I stayed at um, St. Mary's Residence for Women on the Upper East Side. It was my first two months in the city. Um, as a women's residence hall, which are hard to find these days, you paid a scaling rate to your pay, and it was um, it was amazing. It was in a great neighborhood, and you met people who were there, other young people. But yeah, it was a great way to start my job and start my time in New York City. So I worked at the law firm, and quickly realized after about my seventh morning in a row, um, seeing the sunrise over Midtown Manhattan, that maybe corporate law was not going to be for me. That's sort of how I got my start. A long story there, but that's how I got my start. One, I'm so glad you brought up the residence hall because I remember you living in the residence hall and I thought that was just so cool. Like it was, you know, something I hadn't thought of and it was, I thought, really, um, you know, problem solving, innovative of you. Like you just got in this job and you had to figure out where to live and how to put things together. And you're like, okay, here, we'll do this. It made a lot of sense. After Simpson Thatcher, 
Where did you go? So interestingly enough, I got out of Smith and Thatcher because of a Smith connection. So one of my friends in Smith had traveled to New York for an interview. She met with a headhunter who put her into this interview, and she got this great job downtown, Standard & Poor's. And her headhunter said, do you know anybody else looking for a job? And by this time, I'd been at Simpson Thatcher for about a year and a half. Knew I didn't want to go back to law school, taking the LSAT, didn't do that great on it. And I said, you know, corporate law is not going to be for me. Working in the prosecutor's office, it was really my passion anyway, but it didn't really pay that much. And law school is expensive. So I, I gave my resume because at that point, you either had to mail it, fax it, or go to hand it to somebody and meet with them in person. Put my, they put my resume in for this junior sales job at Standard & Poor's, and I got the job. So had my Smith classmate not been staying with me, I would never have been in touch with this headhunter, and I would never have gotten the job at Standard & Poor's. Yep. And I was there for a year as a junior salesperson. This is when we had to fax contracts to people to sign, and then they mailed them back to you. And uh, we conducted research in their library, manually went to the Standard & Poor's library to research different things people were looking for to buy from us as a salesperson. And we had our products that got mailed out on a CD-ROM that you put into your computer drive. So things had changed drastically since then. So yes. a year to the day later, later, one year later, I got a call from the same headhunter that my Smith um, classmate put me in touch with. She said, I got a better job for you. Go, you know, you're going to go <laughs> meet this woman at nine o'clock in the morning in the, in the World Financial Center. And I think this is a better company, and a better job for you, which is amazing because here I am not really having a plan. And just through happenstance, right. hard work, and and luck, interviewed at this company called Bridge, Bridge Information Systems, got the job there. And I ended up working there until we went bankrupt. And we were bought by Reuters. And then I was at Reuters for a while. So I was there for probably, I'd say, 10 years about between starting a bridge and getting bought by Reuters. But um, it was really my, my Smith connection, you know, that helped really launch my career. That's awesome. It's always, I mean, it's one of the things I love most about the Seven Sisters is the connections and how much, you know, we're always good at helping each other, which is really great. So I know you took some time away from the professional workplace for your family. How did, how did the Seven Sister Alumni Association come up? Like, how did this, this alum organization come together? So it's interesting. So it started off, we started calling it Seven Sisters. It's funny, Seven Sisters Alumni Association. And feedback from people, we've now made it Seven Sisters Alum Association to make sure that we're inclusive. And we still have some stuff with our old logo on it. So don't worry, my pens, I have a thousand pens that still say Seven Sisters Alumni Association on it. So hopefully people will tolerate those until I get the new ones. So Seven Sisters came about, I was actually up at Smith at a volunteer conference. Monty, as you know, we're both um, our class officers. We've been super involved in our, our class. So I've been our uh, reunion co-chair once, maybe twice. I've lost count. It's been sort of a muddle. I just keep, we just keep doing it, right? Didn't you also do recruiting, um, admissions work too? So I do interviewing. So I, so I was interviewing students as well. So local high school seniors who applied to Smith, which is super interesting to talk to them because you see what high school students these days are working on when I would never would have gotten to Smith. People with extensive lab lab experience during the summers working at, you know, here I'm in New Jersey, there's a ton of labs around us, Novartis and all sorts of medical things. Yeah. Um, a lot of these students have worked in these labs or done internships and all sorts of really super interesting things. So from my volunteering, being a class um, officer and doing the interviewing, I went up to a, a volunteer conference at Smith and it was right before the 2016 election. You know, everybody was talking about how exciting it was to have a seven sister running for office, right? And 
to elevate the seven sisters to that level was really extraordinary. And uh, people are excited to talk about it. People, yeah, Hillary Clinton's running for office. She is somebody who really stands for what the historical women's colleges stand for, right? Everything. And she she's worked hard and she knows her thing, her facts, and she's a policy wonk. And she's such an inspiration. So being at this conference and hearing me talk about it, I said, you know, what are we doing to get seven sisters together to talk about this election and, and what we're going to do? So initially, like any other middle-aged person, I started a Facebook group and it was seven sisters. And one of the pages was seven sisters for Hillary. And we had probably 5,000 people join in the first week. And it was crazy. And then from there, it was like, we like being connected. People said on the Facebook groups, love being connected. Somebody said, I'm looking for a chocolate chip cookie recipe, even though this isn't something talking about issues or politics. And from there, our recipe group started. So now we have over 70 Facebook groups. Wait, wait, say that again. We've 70, 70. We have over 70 Facebook groups, 70, 70, 70, 70 Facebook groups. Our largest course for all seven sister along. Yes. So everything seven sisters is over 70 Facebook groups, right? Which is crazy. Wow. So many, so many exciting things are going on with the Facebook groups. So we've got our job board, seven sisters, hiring seven sisters has over 16,000 people. And the stories we hear back from people, I found my job, I found an internship, I found an amazing hire. The stories come back every day, which is so exciting. So our the job board's really the largest one. We have Stay With the Seven Sister. So if people are interviewing, how like when I came down mm-hmm. from Smith Interview in New York City once or twice, you could have found someone to stay with in New York, or you could swap a vacation house or do different things like that, um, find roommates. And that's probably our second most popular page. So we have a lot of topical pages, Seven Sisters Money Investing, Seven Sisters Small Business Owners has a page, Seven Sisters um recipe group like i mentioned we have a seven sisters book club group so there's a whole listing of them on the website which is www.sevensistersalum.com and that listing will be on there um but we also have geographic groups so we've got you know seven sisters new york city new jersey chicago san francisco los angeles and before the pandemic we were getting events kicked off more so in the northeast we'd had a get together somebody hosted in california We'd had something else um, in Boston, but a lot of things were in New York and New Jersey. We've got geographical meetup groups as well. So there's really something for everybody. If it's not a topical group, it's a geographic group, right? So who who moderates all of these 70 pages? Uh, myself. That's a lot. It's a lot. So there's some pages that require more or less. We've had, so during the pandemic, um, I had a few interns come through who were students who were a lot of internships had not panned out for kids in person, students. So I had a few interns help me here and there. We've been able to with bring on more of a COO type person who's helped behind the scenes and another part-time right. person with marketing media to help behind the scenes to, to help with that as well. It is, it's overwhelming. Um, and I think that's one of the exciting things is that we launched our Seven Sisters membership, right? So people can now join Seven Sisters as a paying member and with that, we are going to be able to help bring people on behind the scenes. Some Facebook things are run with volunteer moderators, that sort of thing. But it's really important, I think, in this community, as people have stated, people should be paid for their time. People should be paid for their expertise. So to help have people get involved, you know, we need to have people join as members. So what's exciting about becoming a Seven Sisters member is that you have access to our pro- online programming. 
Um, we've got a ton of events um, that are coming up. We do a lot of networking events, a lot of career events, and we have a library full of our past events, including our last two virtual conferences. So we've got that extensive content there. Um, we have one-to-one networking, which we launched a few weeks ago, where we will match you up with another Seven Sisters member. Yeah, you were talking to me. I had asked about how the networking works. So we have what's called the one-to-one networking, and that's for our paying members of the Seven Sisters Loan Association. For the one-to-one networking, a great example would be uh, in New York City, we have a Black woman who is an alum of one of the Seven Sisters Colleges, and she specifically requested to be matched with another Black alum professional in New York City for networking. So it can be as specific as you'd like it to be. It can be geographic. Right. Um, so we'll ask you a series of questions after you sign up for it to make sure we get somebody who's in your universe of what you want to match up with. That's really cool. Because as much as like, I feel like you you have all these ways, right? There's LinkedIn and there's so all the social media stuff still to be able to like meet up with somebody and talk with someone with that very like specific in mind. I think that's a great service to be able to like help people with. No, we're super, we're super excited about it because I think it's, uh, you know, the networking can be as broad as you want it to be uh, with seven sisters or as focused. So really, you know, we have that ability through our monthly networking calls to, to really get people with a variety of backgrounds or signing up for the one-on-one networking as a paying member, you know, you can be really, we can pinpoint what you want to do. Right. And um, you've done two career conferences over the past year that I've actually been lucky enough to attend. And I have to say, like, one of my favorite parts was the speed networking, which I didn't think I would like that much. I kind of felt like, oh, I don't know. You know, my business had just been started and I wasn't so confident about it. But you know, it found myself so inspired by talking with all these other women and what they were doing and having these quick conversations with different people. Um, So I think the chance to actually elaborate on those conversations and have something that's even more directed could be really like, that's just a great tool. That's really cool. The conferences, since I just brought that up, I thought those were absolutely amazing. I mean, you had several hundred I want to say there were over like 600 people at the first one or something like that. And you had such a wealth of information. How long did it take for you to put together each of the conferences? So it's interesting. Yeah. So we've we've had two virtual conferences last year, one last spring and then one in, in the fall. They took several months to put together, probably a more compressed timeline than other conference people we I talked to during the planning of it. Right. You know, Seven Sisters is relatively still new and the amount of participation though people offering their help from wanting to present to wanting to be a keynote speaker sarah haynes who's one of the co-hosts on the view um, she was our first keynote speaker and usually that's probably the hardest thing is lining up a keynote and that happened in about 90 seconds which was amazing so and and with that support it was really great to go out there to say to other alums who were experts in their fields you know, we're doing this virtual conference. We're going to talk about careers. We're going to talk about salary negotiations. We're going to talk about all these different things. And people signed up to be presenters, you know, so quickly. So it was amazing to see our community support that way. And then people wanting to attend. So, and then we had a few uh, different corporate sponsors for both conferences as well. So the interest in wanting to hear from your fellow alums and having companies who want to talk to our members about job opportunities, career opportunities, and to educate them about their businesses was exciting. But like what you said too, at the very end of the day, we did the speed networking where we broke people out into small groups and they could talk about amongst each other about different topics that we'd put out there during the break. So I think, yeah, I think the, the, the networking part, I think people 
want to hear other people's stories. They want to be able to learn from each other. And I think with our Seven Sisters alums, everybody brings an extraordinary story to the table. You may not think your story is that interesting, but it is. It is. Everybody's got a story to tell and people want to hear your story. Yeah. And so it's with the podcast as well. You know, we, we have a variety of people on the podcast, and uh, but everyone's got a different experience, be it if you've started a company versus being at the same company for 25 years. Uh, you know, people want to hear your story and learn from it. Okay. Since you just brought up the podcast, I want to talk about this, like what we're doing right now. Mm-hmm. One, I have so many questions. Like, how did you, how did you get the idea to do the podcast? How did you learn to do this? Because this isn't, you know, there was no podcast 101 class that you ever took and you figured out all this like technology and all this stuff. How are you finding all these amazing women and alums to talk to? And then how long does it take to put together a podcast? So I want to know everything. (laughs) It takes a village to put together a podcast. And because we started, we launched our Seven Sisters membership and we have people who are paying to be members. I can then have a team behind the scenes, right? Uh, We've got our sort of COO position. We've got a podcast editor who was a young alum. um, And we have a person who's helping us part-time on social media and those sorts of things. So with the paying members, it lets us really expand what we're doing Yeah. Um, because it was me before in the beginning. It was me doing everything. Yeah. This has been you like, just like wheeling away at all this stuff for a couple of right. years, putting this together. Yeah. And it, at some point th- there needs to be the finances to make it to, for it to be able to grow and become bigger and stuff like that. So I'd self-funded the whole thing from the beginning. And then once for the conferences, yeah, we sold tickets to the conference thing with the paying members coming in. Our small business memberships are great because our small business, Seven Sisters alums can advertise in the Facebook groups, on the newsletter, on the website, you know, their businesses. So this revenue coming in helps us to really build so many more interesting things and, and showcase more, more things as well. So with the podcast, like I said, it takes a village. That quote, you know, we can do hard things. This is mm-hmm. probably one of the hardest things I've ever done. And I don't, even I'm not allowed to edit it. I'm allowed to <laughs> think of our guests, ask the questions. Nobody lets me touch the behind the scenes. Um, so we've got an extraordinary team, as I said before, working behind the scenes who, uh, you know, we've really self-educated ourselves. And there's so many great resources out there, though. And people are pretty helpful and insightful and people want to help. Our guests are so yeah. excited when we we sort of uh, at the beginning of the year sat down and made a list of people who we wanted to talk to and interesting people we come across or somebody I'd seen on LinkedIn or somebody I read about in the alumni quarterly or somebody else had forwarded me their name. Hey, you should talk to this person. And you, know, you always have your, you know, who could we get, right? Like a Hillary Rodham Clinton or a, a Gloria Steinem, right? And I've written to them. And if you're listening, we'd love to have you join us. But those are some super busy people. We have had an extraordinary group of people. Dory Clark um, is a Smith alum. Who's yes. Amazing sp- public speaker and author, you know, really does so many things. And she's a Grammy award winning producer. And now she's going to the special two year course in how to write Broadway musicals and, and that sort of things. And, you know, she's really got so many great talents. And so it was exciting to talk to her. So on the podcast, we've also had a few other Smithies, um, Winter Miller, who is a playwright. She wrote a children's book. She worked um, at the New York times as a researcher for Nicholas Kristoff, where she traveled um, to so many different war-torn zones. And I think she's had over 50 byline articles in the New York Times herself, though. We met with Amy Walsh. Uh, she was a guest. She's a Vassar alum. And she is a very high-profile, white-collar criminal defense attorney. 
and was involved with uh, one of the Theranos cases. We've had Lori Tharps, who is a Smith classmate of Monsi and mine, um, yes. who is a prolific author. And uh, she moved her family to Spain during the pandemic. And uh, her time we spent speaking was really extraordinary. She's got so many things to talk about and interests. Um, so we've really been able to showcase um, so many people over the, the, the 11 episodes we've had leading up to uh, to mine. So it's exciting to see. And it's exciting that people keep writing and saying, hey, you should have this person on your podcast. You should have this person. I'm just going to point out that's because so many Seven Sisters go on to do amazing mm-hmm. things. Yes. Have found that some of the ones of like people who I just had never heard of and probably wouldn't like. I just listened to the interview with Valerie Kay, and she was just extraordinary. Like I loved how she talked about like taking on your own ideas of like what your own you know brand and your own CEO. But it was it wasn't clitchy. It wasn't like you know her selling something. It was just really her talking about how she's had her life and she's accomplished what she wanted to and. It was really just a great conversation. And I felt so lucky that I got to like listen to you talk with her for a half an hour. Well, she'd be your own CEO. And Valerie Kay, really, she, yeah. she talks about that. And it's, uh, yeah, it's not, you know, preachy. It's not pushing, you know, it's, uh, it's how she did it and what she learned. And she's really excited to, you know, she goes back and, and shares it with undergrads. And, and I think as a woman in the workplace, I think she's really helped so many women as well. Yes. Yeah. So it's really, I mean, amazing. And I'm glad that you have, you have lots of more people to interview and keep doing this with, because I really love getting to listen. With the podcast, you know, we're excited. We've got so many great guests. If anybody has any ideas for guests, they can always, uh, you know, send them over to us. And it really, as I said before, it takes a great behind the scenes team. And uh, we have a young Mount Holyoke recent alum, Lily, who uh, is our podcast editor and she does our show notes and uh, she's launching her own business of uh, of doing this podcast editing and that sort of thing. So if anybody's looking for someone to help with their podcast behind the scenes and help get it off the ground, uh, definitely reach out and we can put you in touch with Lily. Oh, that's awesome. That's really, that's really cool. Okay. So you keep talking, we're talking so much about like the seven sisters and all of that. And I can't help but wonder like, how do you feel like this enhances or does it compete with existing alumni associations? Like, I mean, to me, it seems like such an, a natural thing because having gone to Smith, I, one of the reasons why I chose to go to Smith was the alumni network. Um, and so to expand it and to have it be more than that through all of Seven Sisters. And I feel like any time I met a Seven Sister, I was always like, oh, wow, you went to Wellesley. I went to Smith. And there was like an immediate connection and bond. But I'm just wondering, like, how do, how do you see this with the schools and what how have the schools responded to what you've created? I, I would think they'd be psyched. I mean, what a great thing. If I was in admissions right now for one of these schools, I'd be like, oh, not only do you have, you know, Bryn Mars, an amazing alumni association, but through this, you know, outside source, you have a connection to all the seven sisters. Um, to me, it's like a great marketing piece, a great, you know, sales piece, but I'm just wondering what's, what's the relationship like with the schools? How do they work with you or find you and stuff? I think it's a great question. And I think what's exciting is that we're sort of, I think I see us as another layer, right? So I think these schools themselves, you know, are so um, ingrained with the alums, right? For the alumni associations, for the reunions, for the programming that they do. Um, I think they offer, each of the schools offers sort of a unique set of programming, be it career things? Is it having professors come to local clubs to speak and that sort of thing? I think what's exciting about Seven Sisters is that 
there is sort of a mystery too, right? Like what do the other seven sisters do? What are they, what are they like? We never really met anybody from Wellesley or, you know, Mount Holyoke when we were at Smith really. Right. I didn't know a ton of interaction. And I think what you said is totally correct. When you meet somebody, I remember going to my first job at the law firm and, you know, one of the partners at the firm um, was a seven sisters alum. I'm pretty sure she was a Wellesley alum, but finding somebody like that, you were so excited. So even though she was a partner and I was paralegal, the wall was broken down because we had that seven sisters connection. So it really resonated very right. early on with me, the excitement. And it was frustrating too, is that you wouldn't know. I worked in an office building downtown for years and didn't know there were, there was a, a woman down the hall from me went to Vassar, right? I didn't know there was somebody, you know, in the building across me until I met them through some, some other friend, a Bryn Mawr person, right? So you didn't know where the other seven sisters people were. We had so much in common, but how do you find each other? Because it's not going to be through my Smith alumni connections because it's really so focused on Smith. And unless you have a friend who's like, oh, my friend went to Bryn Mawr, you should meet them because you're seven sisters. So this was sort of another layer of interaction um, and, and really taking the power of each of the schools and getting the power of seven, really, getting everybody together to exchange job ideas, to exchange how to negotiate for better pay, to grassroots political ideas. We've got a lot of folks who are super involved. We had 38 Seven Sisters alums run for office a few years ago. Um, and we tracked them and we did a ton of posting about them. And people made small, a lot of people made small donations to their campaigns. So for somebody running in New York, they told me that they got donations from around the country. I saw, you know, a $10 donation come in from California or a $100 donation come in from someplace else. So it was super exciting to see the support level based on just being seven sisters running for office and how women were going to support women across the board for that. Um, so I think it really enhances what the colleges are offering from their alumni. You know, I, we can never compete with the programming that they have, right? They have people fully staffed offices right. and they have plans and they have things that happen seasonally and things that are in their calendar that happen. But I think what's nice here is that we can add this layer of connectivity um, that really sort of unifies the universe of people. And they may not be that often our events as each college has, but that we can, our group's excited to host things. Somebody offered before the pandemic had a brunch at their apartment in Boston and 45 people showed up for two hours. And this is, you know, way before we launched all the other seven sisters initiatives and that sort of thing. Um, and we hadn't really had an event in Boston, but that many people showed up to go to somebody's house. And then, you know, we've had, um, some events in California, we've got something coming up at a theater for the Barbie movie in California coming up, but, and we've included, you know, friends and family to come as well to come to this movie. So there's lots of different things. So I think we're looking to really enhance the alum experience. We can't substitute anything for it. We can be another layer and we can really enhance people's connections. But I think it's very powerful to have 16,000 people on a job board coming together from all the seven sisters colleges, because it really is helping women get ahead, giving women career advice, salary negotiation advice, and that sort of thing. So I think that's where it becomes really powerful. Right. How does the job board work? Like, so if I was to go, if I went on your, the website right mm -hmm. now and I was looking for a job, what type of stuff would I find? Or if I wanted to post a job, how does that so work? So we have our new website launch. So it's really a compliment to the Facebook group. So the Facebook group is seven sisters, hiring seven sisters. And on there, if I'm looking for a job right now, I could post say, hey, I'm Smith College Class of 94. I was in uh, financial market data sales doing this, this, and this. I'm looking to, I'm looking for a new job. Do people have ideas or, you know, open ideas for me, whatever. What you can do right now on the new website is I can go in and I can share my LinkedIn profile. And when a job comes into our database now on the new website, 
you'll get an email that there's a job that matches the criteria that you filled out, which is super exciting. So anybody can go in to the new website, www.sevensistersalum.com. They could submit their LinkedIn profile and we have it set up on the back end that you'll get an email if something come, the job comes in that matches. So if you're looking to post a job, it was very hard with 16,000 people on the job board. If you post a job, things get lost, right? Facebook, there's not a lot right. of, it's not a file system. It's really not made to, to find sort of the needle in a haystack. So on the new website uh, for employers, so really it's for employers, it's for hiring managers, uh, for folks who are getting, I know I used to always get an employee referral if I brought somebody into the company. I think I brought so many people mm-hmm. in, they had to stop it for me. So <laughs> I totally see that. So for hiring managers, for employers, you can now subscribe to a package where you can post jobs on the website um, so people can find them easily. You buy a package for job posting. It's one job or three jobs. If you want to post more than that on the website, let me know. With being able to post on the website, then we can make a post for you on the Facebook group. What was happening is we have so many employers coming in looking to hire four and five people. We need to have it organized. We need to have it findable. We need to have it. This is a lot of work. It's a lot of work behind the scenes. It's a lot of work administering it. Anything with 16,000 people is automatically a lot of work. And we need to have some accountability and we need to have these things posted on the website as part of a a job posting subscription. So if you go to the website, though, it's right there, post a job and uh, it'll it'll pop up on the website. So with anything that involves uh, job postings, you know, we need the funding. We need the funding to help keep this going. Uh, you know, it's great. I've had people work at companies say, oh, I've hired five people off this job board. I can't sit here and operate this as a free job binding service for corporations. So by having companies pay to advertise their jobs, it's a very nominal fee. We need the funding to help keep this going. Well, yeah. I mean, I, I feel like that makes sense. Like you have to, th- this, this has to be funded somehow. And you've done so much of this by yourself for so long. I'm delighted to know that you have people who can help you with this because it can just, you know, help make it better. But yeah, like people need to join and it needs to be funded and companies and organizations should pay to post their jobs, just like I'm sure they would on any other site or if they hire a recruiter Mm -hmm. or if they do anything like that, they are all paying to do that. And here they have access to an amazing group of women looking for or an incredible dynamic group of women who might be looking for the exact job that they are posting. Right. And that's got to be a great prospect for anyone and a good value. So wait, Jen, I've got a question for you about the mm-hmm. job boards. Is it only posted by people by like the HR or recruiters? Or if I, you know, I used to work at American Express and I, we were looking for another person for my marketing team and I wanted to post it because I really wanted to bring in a smart woman to work on mm-hmm. my marketing team. Could I post that job on your job board and how does that work? So if you were looking to put somebody, you want to hire someone from our job board um, and you're at American Express and you're going to get an employee referral, it would be the $25 to sign up to post that job. So it's super easy to go onto the website, go to jobs and go to post a job. And there's an option there to post that job for $25 and it would come up on the Seven Sisters website and it would also, we would post it on the job board for you. Okay. And what if I worked in HR and I was trying to find people to come into, you know, the business and work there? How would, is that different than the employee referral? 
So that's a little bit different because you're a hiring manager and you're in HR. So we would have you go yet again to the Seven Sisters website, the sevensistersalum.com, go to jobs, and there will be an option there to post a job for $199 for, I think it's 60 days for that one particular job. Um, it would be posted on the website and you'd have the company name up there and the job and a link to uh, to apply online. And we would also post that for you on the Seven Sisters Facebook group job board. Okay. That seems like a really good value to me. Um, I mean, yeah, like I, I'm sure to post on like all these other job sites and stuff like that. It, like this is a very competitive, good value happening. I, I think um, it's um, you get an extraordinary group of people. Uh, our our pool is amazing, right? It's 100 percent almost college graduates, and 30 to 40 percent of Seven Sisters alums go on to graduate school. So the pool of people we have, 16,000 Seven Sisters alums in one place is like fish in a barrel if you're a hiring manager. Yeah. So I think it's, it's a great value proposition. That that really is. You had mentioned before, and I'm sorry, I didn't ask right away about doing like in-person events. And you were just talking about the event in LA where I think someone like it's around the Barbie movie and someone's offered up their, their cinema for people to come and watch it. So you could watch it with all, you know, mm-hmm. the seven sister fun powers like that. What are their types of in-person events are you thinking of or planning for this next year? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think more um, the events we'd like to do are more, we have our online virtual networking once a month, um, which has been great. Right. People have met each other. People have gone off who found each other geographically um, online and they met up pr- themselves one-to-one, which is great. And that was for, for paying members. Um, we're looking to do more events in the cities, in New York and in Boston, you know, as people are back to work, people are back being social, more events. We uh, have a picnic coming up during the summer on New York City and Central Park. We work closely with each of the individual college clubs of New York City. We're hosting that to just do a more of a variety of events. People want to socialize. I think people want to be back in the mix. You know, with COVID yeah. and everything else, people have really lost touch. They're eager to get together. So be it the virtual events or the in-person events. Um, and if you want to host an event too, definitely reach out. I can't be everywhere at all times. So you know, if you're local, you probably have an idea of a restaurant or a bar or a place to go to, and we can help spread the word, put it in the newsletter, put it out in the Facebook groups. We'll send you some swag. We'll help you. We want to help you host these events. We want to help get people together. And if it's probably, you know, in someplace sunny in January and I'm in New Jersey, I'll be happy to come. But, uh, you know, please reach out. We would love to have more people for undergrads on campus as well. We're looking to expand our student ambassador program. So we'd love to have students on campus you know, as our contacts and, and help us get the word out and do some different events. So please reach out if you want to host something. So and also for hosting, if your company wants to host an event, I, I know that there are some companies that are eager to uh, share what they do and get more exposure to their local uh, Seven Sisters community. So we'll be happy to work with your company to host something and uh, and help plan that. That's really cool. You mentioned swag before, because of course, you know, we do love our swag. Um, and I know that you have some great merchandise on the, on the website. How does, like, to me, I'm like, there, you got the seven sisters, but then you also have all the individual schools. So how do you, how do you find your merchandise? And w- do you focus more on seven sisters or do you have stuff? If I go on there, can I find a cute, you know, Smith College thing? So it's interesting. So we're in the merchandise business. So I never thought when I started seven sisters, I didn't know about t-shirt printing. I didn't know about how things get done. How do you make swag? How do you 
find things. So uh, we have a new store on the website, our merch store. We tend to have Seven Sisters merchandise on there. We have a few, uh, we've got mugs, we've got tote bags. We sort of can't get into the bookstore business, right? Because it's too broad and the bookstores are licensed and they work for the colleges and that sort of thing. So we have sort of a selection of Seven Sisters merchandise um, with our logo on it. We have an exciting jewelry line. We've been working with a very high-end uh, jeweler who has made a beautiful Bryn Mawr necklace, a Mount Holyoke necklace. We have uh, bar necklaces with the college names on them, Smithy on it, Martyr for Bryn Mawr. So we have a variety of sort of of products that that uh, really sort of custom niche for Seven Sisters. But um, due to the licensing agreements and that sort of thing, we don't want to get into the college bookstore business per se. So we have our own that niche of of items. And we do have a great shirt, though, a Julia Child quote about a meeting. Uh, a party is just a meeting if there's no cake. Um, and that was a super popular <laughs> one. And we've helped some of the different uh, the classes. 1992 at Smith had a uh, there's going to be a better way to get a Smithy in the White House T-shirt. And we helped them since now I know how to get T-shirts done. We have that shirt. It has Nancy Reagan and Barbara Bush on the front of it. And um, I remember. Right. And we helped them. We did a reprint of that when we made a small donation ages ago when we did it to the college on behalf of the class. But we have some merchandise. So it's a select sliver of things where we're trying to stay in our lane, but get our Seven Sisters logo out there. We've got a great tote bag, a mug. Uh, The jewelry is beautiful and uh, some unique pieces that you're not going to find anyplace else. That's dynamite. So you also, I think, offer ways to help alums sell merchandise that they have and make and stuff like that. So it's exciting. So we have our holiday gift guide. We've had, I think, over 60 or 70 vendors over the past years join in to be a part of that. And it's amazing. It's become a year-round thing. So we have it. It should be up on the the new website. uh, So it's not just limited to the holidays anymore. And it's a, a gift guide from handcraft, pottery, and jewelry, to people advertising their professional services, a smattering of things, a ton of customizable things. And I think what's nice is that there are a lot of artists who do Seven Sisters, yeah. note cards, paintings. They'll take custom orders as well. So it's a really great way to showcase some unique talents. And we also, though, have our small business directory, which is separate from the gift mm-hmm. guide. And we have the directories listed on the website. And we have career coaches, branding uh, people on there. We've got uh, a whole variety of people. We have an astrologer. Elizabeth is great on there. By the way, I met her at the career fair and I bought people gift certificates for her services because I just thought like, how cool is that? <laughs> I never would have thought of giving an astrologer as a gift before, but after I met her, she's just such a great person. I was like, oh, what a great gift yeah. idea for somebody. Right, totally, totally great. We've got yeah, financial coaches on there as well. So really there is something in the small business directory for everybody, but it's an exciting way to really to be able to have these businesses as a showcase to say what Seven Sisters are working on, what are these businesses, and to support them as well. And that's just part of the membership of the Seven Sisters. You're not, do you make money off of someone? Like, do they give you a percentage of their sales or do you get like, do they have to pay more to post their wares or their services? We do not at all. So we don't receive any compensation or any payment from services that people buy from a small business. People pay to join our website as a small business, but we receive no additional payment from them if they sell a service or somebody buys something from them. So to be a small business member, there's a small fee for the year. 
And that includes being able to post on the Facebook groups. We'll have your small business in the newsletter. We will also post to promote your small business in the Facebook groups and in social media as well. So there is a fee involved there, but it's a year of support. You also have the ability to do a Zoom, a few Zooms during the year to the community as well about certain topics or to educate them more about what your business is about. Right. And so you're not like Airbnb who's making a percentage off of somebody's vacation house rental. They're just, this is just a service that for a really small amount of money a year, I could post my vacation house and be able to rent it out to people who I'm probably have a greater trust level with than necessarily, you know, Airbnb or something like that. Right. And so we're definitely not like Airbnb. We also, we're more like, I think what you said before, a matchmaking service. Yeah. So, you know, and we don't take any responsibility. Obviously, if you're renting your house, you know, you talk to the renter, you know, we are just really right. a place for, to indemnify ourselves. Um, we are matchmaking and people go off on their own and then have their transactions. Right. Okay. So then you're not when, if I'm an artist and I'm selling custom note cards, you're not making a percentage of my sales. That's going directly to, to me. Right. Like I'm doing that, but you guys are helping to advertise it. Right. So you either as a small business, you were part of the directory or in the past, the note cards have been more of the holiday gift guide. Right. So yeah. That's so and there's service. a message for that as well. But behind the scenes, you know, as I said, I never thought I'd be in the t-shirt business or this business or podcast. There's so much that goes on behind the scenes to get a gift guide out there, to yeah. compile the data, to make sure... Uh, it's usable and the the small business directory and to liaison behind the scenes. Um, there's so many pieces of this that go on. It's really, it has, is a full-time job for myself. It's a full-time job uh, for our, our COO who's come in to join us. So we really need the support of pe- people becoming paying members, small business members, people who are paying to post the jobs that are open at their companies. It's an amazing network. It's grown so much that we have to have something coming in. You know, people, when we had posted, inter- people were looking for interns and they weren't paying interns a few years ago. People said people have to be paid for their time. Um, I think it's really significant. This has become my full-time job. So right. we really have to start having people who are benefiting, right? If you advertise your business, you're getting new clients and you're getting new customers. So we can't work this hard behind the scenes. It's great. Everybody else benefits from it, but we need something here to have people engaged and have some, some skin in the game. Yeah. So you need members. You need all of us who have been benefiting from the seven sisters we need to join. Mm-hmm, um, right. Help keep this afloat and so it can keep working and, and expanding to meet more of the needs of the seven sister community. So how much does it cost? I, I am a member and I should know how much I've spent, but that was back in January that I joined. How much does it cost for a membership for a single, for just a, a person? So for an individual membership, it's $70 for the year. And from that membership, though, you have access to all of our programming, our monthly networking call, our other virtual calls we do. You have access to come to the events. Obviously, you'd pay for your food and admission ticket or whatever, whatever the event it is there. You have access to our content library, which is incredibly vast of all the different Zooms of the sessions from the conferences. You know, we have so many different panels from each of the conferences, from the different calls we've done with authors. You have access to the one-to-one networking as part of the individual membership. And then when you do join as an individual member, right now, you'll get a discount code for the merchandise shop. So there's a variety of things that come as a member. And to know that you're really helping support, bring along other women as well. We've got all these undergrads who are coming out. You know, here we stand on the shoulders of greatness. You know, we need to be the people that these upcoming 
alums, right, who are going to be future graduates shortly, to stand on our shoulders to keep going. Because right. we don't come together as a community. We are a powerful community. And if we harness our community, we can make even more of an impact. So you can join as an individual member. You can join as a small business member. Okay. Uh, we also have vacation house rentals. So if you have a vacation house that you rent out, you can post it there and you have access to our community. You know, we have over 80,000 people as part of our Facebook groups and other social media, our newsletter, podcast, online and in-person uh, events. So over 80,000 people. So if you're renting out a house, what better to rent it to a seven sister, right? And uh, so that's on the website as well. So really it's the individual member, small business member, vacation house rental, gift guide to participate in. So there's so many different ways that you can help support the community, but it really has become a full-time job. My kids have a verb for it. They're like, mom, are you seven sistering? Yes. <laughs> um, Sorry, I love that. Are you seven sistering? Webster's has not recognized it as an official you know, dictionary entry yet, but my kids okay. say, are you seven sistering? So, so it's really a full-time endeavor. So we really need, you know, full-time support. And we want to be able to help people get jobs and get great career advice and advertise their small business and find a vacation. Yeah. Right. And invite me if you rent a house. Yeah. That's, I, I think this is all just amazing, Jen. Like, I mean, truly, I'm just in awe of everything that you've created and that, you know, you saw this need, you're up there at Smith. 2016, there was so much going on. You you saw this need, you, you built this, and then you've just continued to build it and support the community. It's really, it's just awesome. And I can't believe you've done all of this for so long by yourself. And you've done this raising two boys and living through a pandemic and, you know, everything. <laughs> it's just awesome. I know it's interesting to have, right, to be the seven sisters person and to have two boys, right? So my kids are, they're 10 and 13. So it's, you know, it's my job though, to make sure, you know, I raise them to be aware of all these issues that we're facing and the things we talk about on the job boards, the things we talk about in the different groups to make sure we're raising great humans over here, right? So they've been up to Smith, they've taken the campus tour, you know, they've had ice cream at Harold's. I have indoctrinated them as much as I can. And I think what's funny is that now, when they see a, a college sticker on a car, is it Smith or is it Wellesley? Is it that? They'll point it out to me. Cute. And then they'll say, you cannot honk. You cannot roll down your window. We have to just drive by or walk <laughs> by. There's no leaving notes on cars. There's no, you know, engaging. And uh, we were at Newark Airport probably like a year ago. And a woman had a Mount Holyoke t-shirt on. You know, my kids are like, oh, there's a Mount Holyoke shirt. Like, mom, why do we tell you that? You know, now you're going to go and talk to her. And I did, and uh, which is great. So, so it's funny how how they see it. Um, they see it, and they're like, "Oh no!" Because I'm so embarrassing at these ages, right? When they're oh, ten and that's our number one job as a parent of teenagers and preteens mm-hmm. is to embarrass them. <laughs> so I'll just keep keep it going. So it's exciting though to see them have a mom who started off with an idea. Yeah, and I didn't have a skill set. I didn't have a web skill set. I didn't have a logo design skill set. I didn't know how to get a T-shirt printed. I had no idea about podcasts, right? I had no idea about how do you host an event and, you know, how do you, you know, get the food, get a location? Uh, how do you meet with the colleges? I think, you know, you'd asked that question before. The college has been so receptive um, and they were excited, you know, before the conferences, you know, we talked to the colleges and, you know, they pushed out the conference information to their alums, mm-hmm. um, which is great. And Smith was a great sponsor of the first conference we had, but for them to see sort of this evolving from an idea 
now into this network, which is another layer for people to network and connect, uh, for them to see how it's grown too is super exciting. Yeah, it really is. It's, it's just awesome. Okay, so I think we're at the point of the podcast where you where you where I get to ask you some speed questions. Yes. Yes. Right? Yes. 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 Oh, no. So here we go. Speed time. Uh, what was your favorite class at Smith? Chemistry for non-science majors. Um, so at Smith, you know, we didn't have at that point a core curriculum requirement. So I was ab- able to evade any science classes really, or math classes, but I took this class on a lark and it was so interesting. And I wrote a report on the cosmeceutical industry that was non-regulated, which in 1993, I thought was super interesting. And it's still not regulated to this day, which was fascinating. That's really cool. What was your favorite tradition at Smith? I'm going to say Ivy Day. Oh, Ivy Day is awesome. And I I think what's interesting for me at Smith, you know, I came from Miami. I didn't have that much familiarity with Northeastern colleges, traditions, that sort of thing. So I got to Smith. You you spend your first year there. I did um, sophomore push our sophomore year. And that's where really it came together for me. Um, What Smith meant, seeing the alums come back, you know, because my first year was not transactional. It was studying, you know, going to parties, that sort of thing. But you really saw the impact of how people came back on campus and their passion for it. Should we maybe just take a moment and explain what Ivy Day is for our other mm-hmm. um, alums from other schools? Mm-hmm. So Ivy Day is the day before graduation, and it has been around, I think, since the beginning of Smith. And I know that um, Mount Holyoke has a similar day. I think it's the Laurel Parade. Um, and I think each of the colleges has something a little bit similar to it. But Ivy Day is such, I think, a sacred Smith tradition. And the alums line the parade route and you have these fun signs, right? So they're always something that relates sort of back to your past when you were at campus to like the future. And I can't think of, they're really, they are super funny. You know, it was like, we didn't have Nintendo back then. We had, you know, rotary dial phones or something, but funny. And, um, and everyone's in white and you have a class color, your sash. We have four class colors at Smith and uh, you wear your class color sash you march with your class and you march through this parade of other alums lining the route. And then the grad, the, the about to graduate seniors come through and it's such an amazing tradition to see the campus decorated for graduation and everyone's in their white dresses. So I think it's really what, what resonated most with me is seeing that as a sophomore uh, of that tradition. It is great. I think what's neat, you know, all the, most recent graduates make the line, right? They they kind of create the end of the parade route. And you're watching, when you're a graduate, you're watching women from 60, 80, you know, so long ago coming through to graduate, you know, to go through and to show their continued support of Smith. And it's really like such a celebration of the alum. And I, I think what was interesting is that, so I was just on campus this past May, and the class of 73 was back for their 50th reunion, right? Mm-hmm. So when they graduated in 73, there was a class of alums that came back for their 50th. So that was a class of 1923 mm-hmm. had come back for their 50th at the class of 73's reunion, right? right? So these women were born at the turn of the century who had been there for the 1973 years. And now the 73 years are back for their 50th, right? This is an amazing tradition that spans so much time, right? So much time. And the women who are back, there's somebody back, I think, for their 70th. She's back for her 70th. 
So people who her graduation year, when she graduated 70 years ago, those people were back for their 50th had been born in the 1800s. Right. right? Which is, which is totally amazing. Yeah. So that was a really long answer for (laughs) that's okay. What was your favorite Smith meal? Ice cream Sunday night. Oh yeah. Good one. What about your favorite vacation spot now? So I'm going to say Australia. Okay. Um, what's your favorite book? My favorite book is Dante's Inferno. <laughs> That's I think it stands so the test of time. It, absolutely. If you had a superpower, what would that be? Besides having created this amazing organization that helps like 60,000 women out there connect and yeah. What else? What would your other superpower be? Ending homelessness, ending hunger. And I yeah. don't know how you do it, but if we're making movies that cost $250 million to make, we have to be able to feed people. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and if you could have dinner with one person, who would it be? Madeline Albright. Nice. Very nice. Stateswoman and a Seven Sisters alum. There you go. That's awesome. One last question for you. Mm-hmm. If you were to rewind the to 2016 and start Seven Sisters all over again, what would you do different? Monty, that is a great question. I think the technology that we have today is so great with membership sites, with you know, the internet is just, it grows, you know, tenfold pretty much every minute, right? right. And uh, I think I look back at the technology of uh, putting everything in one place, right? Because Facebook, I mean, Facebook is Facebook and there's a lot of data harvesting we've learned, all these different things. Yeah. If we could have had Seven Sisters on one of these amazing, easy to use platforms that there is today, um, all in one place. Right, right. Like the new, web, the new website is great. The new website is dynamic. It's engaging. I think mean, it's easy to follow. Shameless plug of www.sevensistersalum.com. But, you know, going back six or seven years, if we had the technology that we've got today of the ease of use and, and and the ability to easily monetize people joining, you know, having people join and it's easy. And the new website is so easy. Um, now we've got Facebook, we've got a website, we've got all these different places. So we're really trying to bring it together um, in the yeah. new website. You know, I wouldn't change, you know, the interaction of how people is great. And I think so many people have found jobs, friendships, roommates. Uh, that part I definitely obviously wouldn't change, but just the, uh, you know, the automation. Right. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Well, this is all awesome. And I'm so excited that I got to, you know, chat with you and learn more about the Seven Sister alum organization that you've created, the behind the scenes stuff for it. I think everyone should go out and join for such a nominal fee. I think you're offering such amazing services. And I, I truly, I'm just in awe, Jen. It's awesome. Thank you so much for joining us today. This is Jen McNally from Seven Sisters Alum Association. Did you attend a Seven Sisters College? If you did, be sure to connect with us through the links in the show notes. Did you know that there are over 50,000 Seven Sisters alums and undergrads networking and connecting on the Seven Sisters platform? The Seven Sisters Colleges are Barnard, Bryn Mawr, Mount Holyoke, Radcliffe, Smith, Vassar, and Wellesley. We'd love to have you join us.